Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. It's your host and your favorite fantasy football fiend, Zay. I got my main man on with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And also, my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at him, Joe. What's going on, people? What's going on? All right, so we got a lot going on right now in the world of sports. Some things are affecting, seems like, sports in general. A couple of things that pertain just to fantasy football. But, yeah, we're going to hop right into it. What's going to be going down in the playoffs? Some pivots that we didn't think we might have had to make just based on illnesses that are popping up and things of that nature. So, first of all, bonjour, konnichiwa, good day, a hola, como esta, good day, mate, utenteg, and what's popping? Let's go ahead and hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. We're going to have to come up with a few pivots. This is where you get to have the fun of being a GM. Because just like in the real NFL, in the real NBA, in the real NHL, etc. If your roster isn't as such that you can withstand the next man up mentality, you might find yourself in a little bit of a situation. The Washington football team as well as the Cleveland Browns, both have several people that are out. I want to say last check, Washington was somewhere in the double digits. So was Cleveland, including their starting quarterback, as well as their head coach. So there's going to be widespread speculation as to whether or not these players are going to be able to go. Most of them have been vaccinated. So as long as they have a negative test, twice within a 48 hour period they would be allowed to play on saturday or sunday just depending on which team we're speaking to but in many cases it seems as if we're going to be going with the replacement players if you will so that's going to make this fantasy playoff weekend very very interesting but Let's hop right into the injuries that we have that we may have to pivot from. We have uh, with Seattle, Alex Collins, as well as Travis Homer, running backs for Seattle. They are in practice. Homer is at had a full practice. Collins, a limited practice. So it looks like Seattle is heading in the right direction as far as their backfield is concerned. Javante Williams of Denver, he had a limited practice due to a knee issue. Same thing with his counterpart, same thing with his counterpart, Melvin Gordon. So they're both kind of nicked up a little bit. That's to be expected, though, this time of the year. E.K. Metcalf didn't practice on Wednesday, so we definitely want to make sure that we continue to monitor that situation. He's been kind of off and on all year based on that foot injury. A few weeks ago, Joe pointed out that it's more likely that foot injury than any lock loss of talent or loss of chemistry between him and Russell Wilson. But it's been evident that something is a little bit off and he looks to be kind of gutting it out and just hoping for the best. But I mean, would you guys even attempt to trot him out there doing your fantasy playoffs? I mean, at this point, I'm not a fan of him. You know, since the noticeable injury, the numbers have been horrible this week. To join the uh, Los Angeles Rams, yeah, it doesn't get any easier. He did have a good game earlier this year against the Rams. He had two uh, balls that he did caught for touchdowns. I think it was like 90 yards receiving. But like I said, man, going off the injury and his uh, recent play, I would not be a fan of rolling him out. You got Kareem Hunt that didn't practice also. He has an ankle injury that he's dealing with. Tevin Coleman was able to get in a full practice, so it looks like he's back in the fold for the Jets. 
Chris Evans of Cincinnati was able to practice on a limited basis. Not really a fantasy stalwart, but if anything was to happen to Mixon, he may be the next guy up to take over the Mixon role as P. Ryan will essentially be the third down back. Um, you have T. Higgins, who's listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. So it sounds like everything's going to be a go for him. Jared Cook has been cleared to play on this evening. He had a quiet issue that was going on. He will be in the game against Kansas City. Austin Eckler still dealing with that ankle. He's supposed to go tonight. Whether or not he'll be his normal self as far as production is concerned, that story will unfold this evening. We'll all kind of find that out together, but he is going to play. We have Marquez Valdez-Scantling of Green Bay. He was limited by a back issue. Green Bay's I would say wide receiver three, but probably second most explosive receiver. He may or may not go, just depending on how that back issue works out. Sammy Watkins is back in practice. Aaron Jones was able to get a limited practice in on Wednesday. He's dealing with a knee issue as well. A lot of these running backs at this point in time in the year are going to be dealing with ticky-tack injuries that... Um, they pretty much get the veterans preference, if you will, to be able to kind of work with the trainers on the sideline versus going hard and practice so that they can finish out the year strong. You got James Robinson, who was limited at practice, still dealing with the heel and knee injury there. This is pretty much what they've done the entire year since like week two, I believe, is when he sustained that injury to kind of keep him fresh to make sure that he's able to go on Sunday. So I don't foresee him not being able to go. Damian Harris is able to get in another session. You know, he had that hamstring injury that was plaguing him. So we'll see how his availability affects Ramondre Stevenson. But the Patriots are going up against Indy this week on uh, Saturday. We have Tony Pollard, who didn't practice after having his issue with his foot. So they were hoping that he would be able to go on Wednesday to at least get in a limited session. But it looks like he's still dealing with quite a bit of pain with his foot injury. Elijah Mitchell was able to get in some work on the sideline on Wednesday. We have Mike Williams, who was cleared for Thursday uh, for this evening's game. That He was the one that I was kind of, I would say, the most worried about. He's had a plethora of issues going on health-wise. So nice to see that it looks like the Chargers are going to have their full bevy of weapons available to them, although not at 100%. James Conner had no activity on Wednesday. You know, he's dealing with that ankle. We said something a few weeks ago. The reason why James Conner was looking like one of the best running backs in the league was because Arizona didn't use him the way Pittsburgh did. And as soon as Chase Edmond goes down and he has to carry the workload, that same type of a workload again, he gets hurt. So this is now almost a confirmed experiment, if you will. I don't see him being able to carry the load. And and as soon as he had to, you know, he, he, he got nicked up. It's kind of telling of how they're going to have to use him going forward this year and for the rest of his career. It, it doesn't get easier to be a running back as time goes on. So you have Foster Moreau, the tight end for Las Vegas, as well as Darren Waller. Both of them are going through some issues. Foster was at least able to get in a limited practice. Waller, he didn't practice at all, still dealing with the knee and back. So whether he's going to be able to go this week is still uncertain, but he hasn't been himself this season either due to a plethora of injuries. Miles Sanders is listed as a limited participant practice. It's estimated that he should be able to go. Jalen Hurts was still limited on Wednesday with his ankle injury. Right now, they are splitting carries between Jalen Hurts and Gartner Minshew. We'll kind of see how that goes. He does have a high ankle sprain, so it may be a case where because Gartner did a decent job last week, let's see whether or not, you know, this is real or whether or not this was just a happenstance. The only way you're going to figure that out is to give him a few more opportunities to either fail or succeed, and that'll kind of help them out with some of the decisions that they're going to have to make in the offseason as well. Daniel Jones is still not right with that neck injury. So it's looking like Mike Glennon is still going to be a go for the New York Giants. Big Ben not practicing on Wednesday. He's still dealing with that pec injury as well as shoulder. It's likely that he will go this Sunday, but he hasn't been right pretty much all year. Saquon Barkley is back on the injury report. He set out Wednesday's walkthrough with an ankle injury. 
he was a non-participant. He wasn't even limited. Anytime you have issues with Saquon early in the week to where he can't even be limited, just just not the guy for me. Um, go ahead and be ready at least to make that pivot. I, I don't want to depend on this guy in my playoffs. Um, one of the biggest injuries out there, DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the rest of the regular season. So Arizona and DeAndre basically said, screw your fantasy playoffs. We trying to win in the real playoffs. Um, so, yeah, but one thing about it, Arizona does have plenty of pass catching. Although Hopkins will be missed, the fact that Kyler Murray is back up and running and they have such a deep roster at that particular position should bode well for them. Terry McLaurin didn't practice on Wednesday. He's still dealing with the symptom, symptoms of his uh, concussion that was sustained. Hopefully he'll be able to get right and get back to himself sooner than later. J.D. McKissick still not practicing. I want to say this is now going into his third week of not being able to participate due to lingering issues with a concussion. So that's when you kind of get to the scary territory, if you will. Normally, it isn't something that takes that much time to get back from. So maybe it's a little bit more significant than the average. Aaron Rodgers is still dealing with that toe issue, so he'll be able to go, but he kind of tweaked it in this past week's game. So he's saying that this is basically going to be an issue all year long that he just has to deal with pain tolerance. The Carolina Panthers put out a little blurb earlier in the week that Sam Darnold may still be in play to finish out the season, which was just a screaming admission that they're already done with Cam. They just don't have any place to pivot to until Sam is healthy again. So that'll be something to kind of look out for. Not that it'll have very many fantasy implications necessarily. Um, I know some people out there may be kind of counting on Cam right now, just because even if you aren't that great in real NFL football, in fantasy football, he normally puts up pretty decent numbers. So we'll have to monitor that closely, especially if you are a Cam Newton owner. Emmanuel Sanders of the Buffalo Bills was not at practice. He's dealing with a knee issue. Right now, it's looking as if he won't be able to go this week. Gabriel Davis is the next man up for that position. So it looks like it's going to give an increase, if you will, for Davis, as well as possibly Kobe's. Make sure that, that you're looking at that. And they may be pivots if you've had any injuries or any wide receivers that are dealing with the COVID protocol and things of that nature. Curtis Samuel is still dealing with his groin injury. He's still sore from that. That's been an injury that's lingered all year long. DJ Moore is limited with a hamstring injury. We'll have to see how this works out as far as DJ Moore is concerned. Um, if not, Robbie Anderson is someone that people kind of turned away from. He might be the only game in town this week. So we'll have to see how that goes. George Kittle dealing with knee soreness was held out of practice. That It sounds more like a veteran's preference type of a thing. Taylor Heineke, full practice. He should be able to go this week. And that pretty much wraps up the injuries. One of the most polarizing um, pieces of news this week, Vander alluded to last week that Urban Meyer just wasn't going to make it. And a week later, the man is gone. With that being said, there are several people out there. Offensive coordinators have been the only ones mentioned so far as possible replacements for Urban Meyer. There are a couple that kind of make sense, and then a couple just kind of popped onto the radar. I know, Joe, you had a couple that you said would kind of make sense based on what they do and the talent that the Jaguars have already amassed. Tell us a little bit about those candidates that you kind of see having the leg up. So let's start with Eric Bellamy. We are we are we was already talking about it this morning in our chat, but it makes a lot of sense just looking at how he you know kind of does the offense with Lawrence's skill set. You have to get him in some type of spread offense. You need to take the dynamic of a vertical approach with kind of giving him the opportunity to make plays. So I think you know Eric stands out, and then after that. To my second one was uh, Clint Kubiak, and he was somebody I mentioned when I was referring to Kirk Cousins early on in the season. And look at this kind of season Kirk Cousins is having. He's playing crazy right now. But again, he's on that McVay-Shanahan type of approach with that kind of West Coast offense. It's not just – it's evolved, We are, like how I spoke to it before. 
to where now, you know, he's keeping up with everybody else, you know, in the league, the McVeighs, the Shanahan's, as far as just being innovative and creative with the ball. Like I said, we're looking at what the Vikings are doing right now. I can imagine him assimilating very well to that offense and that team. And then the last guy that I'm liking on offense is Byron Leftwich, which, which I think that's the most out of all of them. Byron Leftwich would be probably the best one to go back to Jacksonville, playing there before. But now I think he brings a lot of tangibles to that team. And he was already touted. And Aaron's already said, like, he should have been a coach last year, similar to Eric Bet- uh, Benemy. I think just he would really invigorate that offense, really teach and uh, give a lot of tutelage to Lawrence. Look, you know, even though we look at the 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions that Winston threw, a lot of that came from the system himself you know a lot of people aren't successful year one but he did throw for over 5,000 yards and I think that's within the expectations if he was to go there with Lawrence so I think those are my top three for right now I got one for you that I, that I want you to give me your opinion on on whether or not it may be too soon but we see what Kellen Moore has been able to do with the Dallas offense maybe they give him a shot at kind of recreating with a who's supposed to be a more talented quarterback recreating the same type of offense. I love Kellen Moore. Boise State guy didn't quite pin out as a quarterback, but for whatever reasons, you know, he was a pupil of Garrett's for the longest. But again, he kind of transcended the offense and kind of evolved it to what it is now. He's a, a good idea. It's, I just think with his situation, it's like you have Romo, you have Dak. So did you really have to improve much? And then on top of that, the organization gave you three, maybe four good weapons. And then you got Zeke and Pollard. I think he's more so the weapons around him. Whereas Bianami, you know, he's been there for five or six years with Kansas City. There wasn't a Patrick Mahomes. There was Alex Smith. You know, there was a Dwayne Bow still at one point. You know, so I think, and then to Clint Kubiak, you know, for example, Justin Jefferson was there. He was restricted last year with, oh, I want to run the ball. And then the head, you know, the GM was like, hey, nope, we need to keep up with the times or you're going to lose your job. And now we're seeing Clint Kubiak offense come to fruition. Just like Byron Left, Byron Left is a little bit different in story, but we're seeing that before them, like before their quarterbacks or before the weapons, they were still doing their thing. Because Aaron's and Leftwich relationship was going back to Arizona, and that's before uh, Kyler Murray, you know, even came to fold or even uh, Rosen. So I like the pick. We don't know what they're going to do because Khan doesn't seem to pick good coaches. He done had Marones, uh, Coughlin, and now Myers. So I don't know. Yeah, they, they have had um, a, a- – <laughs> quite a bit of coaches kind of go back and forth through there so it's it'll be interesting to see what they want to do this go around but yeah there there were some red flags from minute one as far as urban meyer was concerned just some of the staff that he picked if we recall that that was the issue i don't know what normally goes on as it pertains to the higher levels of football are concerned as far as like college as far as pro so i I don't know what the normal dynamic would be between coach and player but i'm sorry i don't care how much i'm getting paid or how much you getting paid if you kick me we about to fight we we look it it, it is what it is. I, I i might win i Thanks. might lose but you kick me we fight he picked the right person to kick the kicker for the jaguars was probably about the only one that would have let that slide um I, I just when i read that i was like eee. but the thing about it was um according to the article i think it happened in august it's almost like they waited until they wanted to fire him to pick a story that wasn't a deal breaker to be one of the main reasons why he was let go. So that that's kind of, it, it feels kind of Gruden-esque, if you will. Interesting. We'll see how that goes as far as, you know, how, how safely Urban will land. Uh, hopefully he'll land on his feet. But he's supposed to get one of the largest payouts in, in the history of the NFL to not coach anymore. So, mm. hey, I, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too thrilled about getting fired, but knowing that the check that I'm going to get to not work will more than take care of me and my family for the rest of my life i wouldn't be too upset about that part i believe that about wraps up the news let's go ahead and hop into the game previews all right let's run through these matchups for the week 
there are several matchups that are going to likely determine whether or not we move on to next week. This Thursday night's matchup will be one of those that will kind of get everybody off to the right start or put you behind the power curve. We have the Chiefs going against the Chargers. The over-under on this one is 52. So there's a pretty significantly high over-under on this one. This may be one of those Thursday games that do end up going to the moon. However, they are in the same division, and a lot of times those division games can end up being duds because they just know each other so well. You have a three-point spread with Kansas City being the favorite, although the game is in L.A., so that tells us that Vegas definitely likes Kansas City to win the game. Uh, the predicted score is Kansas City 23 and the Chargers 24. So the computer is indicating that we should have a barn burner this evening as far as the Chiefs and Chargers are concerned. Uh, in all honesty, in this one, I believe it kind of just boils down to starting your studs. Um, if you got them, start them pretty much. Which, yeah, I agree. You got anyone that you may steer clear of based on circumstance or anything of that nature? This one is really hard to say. I'm trying to think off the top of my head because I think this week, actually, we're going to get Keenan back for this match. Yeah, yeah, he, just, um, he had COVID last week, and he he, he already tested negative, so he, he should be back in the fold, as well as Williams. Um, Eckler has that ankle issue, but he should be playing as well. Yeah, it's, it's such a star-studded team on both sides of the ball. The only person you might want to kind of stay away from is Jared Cook. Typically, I would have thought he would have had a phenomenal season in this offense, but he's been underwhelming this season, so I would take a step back from him. And then on the other side of it, Kansas, or as far as a good play, these Kansas City running backs got it really good at going against the 30th-ranked uh, defense, Russian yep. defense, so. I can definitely see Williams getting a, a touchdown. Clyde is going to do what he does, but Williams is normally the goal line back. So if you have to make a pivot and Williams is available, um, in some leagues he's available just because people aren't familiar with him being a back that is capable of putting up points on a weekly basis just based on the offense that he's in. So um, some people kind of overlook him just a little bit. We have the Raiders going up against the Browns. This game is going to be interesting because right now there's somewhere in the neighborhood of double-digit players that might not play for Cleveland. Right now, this is a 38-and-a-half point over-under, which is significant in the fact that that's one of the lower under over-unders that we've seen just in general this year, and it has a lot to do with the il uh, illnesses that the Cleveland Browns are currently kind of having to deal with, uh, starting with their starting quarterback and their head coach. So the predicted score in this one is Las Vegas 16, Cleveland 29. I don't know if that predicted score was set prior to the knowledge that the vast majority of the Cleveland team was dealing with health issues. I definitely don't like that predicted score. I, I, don't, I don't see Cleveland putting up that many points at all. We have a 38-and-a-half-point over-under and only a one-and-a-half-point spread with Vegas being the favorite. And the game is going to be in Cleveland as well. So we know the weather can get crazy at any point in time. You may see the same thing that you saw uh, with Buffalo against New England. Um, Cle Cleveland's weather can get just as bad. So we'll, that, that's also a factor. I mean, you have Case Keenum, who could probably be the starter, correct? As of right now, unless Baker can test negative twice before right. Saturday. So I remember a few weeks back, you was talking very highly of Case over Baker. So why not? Why do you well, think that the offense will sputter? I mean, some of the key, most of the key pieces are still there, from my understanding, correct? Like, well, you have OBJ no longer being there. Landry, Landry yeah. is normally nicked up. He normally is dealing with a knee injury. I, right. It ain't too many games that he completes. Um, right. I, I, just, I don't, I don't like the way they're. I don't like the way their passing game looks. I think Chubb will be fine and and Ernest right now Hunt is still on the mend as well. So they're going to lean on their running game. I I don't think their receivers or Case Keenum will necessarily put up any fantasy points that'll that'll help you for the most part, but they'll do what they need to do for the NFL for them to, you know, be competitive against Las Vegas. But fantasy-wise, I'd be very leery of, of their passing game. Yeah, I mean, for, of course, as far as their passing game, the only 
viable person may be could be a hooper uh maybe yeah. even a no uh, no 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 hoopers hooper uh hoopers, has COVID. oh well maybe uh donovan people's jones yeah he, he may be he, if he you want to get that far down you know yeah, what i mean he, um, you got to go way down in the jungle deep yeah so, <laughs> so he'd probably be a guy that you uh if you if you're just in need um you must play uh it'll probably be him but i, I would say just be the running backs you know, this probably one of those games they'll definitely um, deploy that and just really run the ball a whole lot and just work the clock and just uh, use Case Keenum to, you know, just keep the chain moving. It probably won't be no um, – it would not be an aerial soak going on here. Nah. So I, I, I still think they with the offensive line that they do have and the running backs they do have, I think they can still score some points against this Las Vegas team. As long as they don't get behind early. Yeah, um, yeah. it should be a competitive game, but I don't see them putting up no thirty points. Oh uh, yeah, well, I definitely feel that. <laughs> you got the Patriots going up against the Colts. Uh, this game will be on Saturday as well. It'll be the Saturday night game. Uh, the Raiders Browns game is going to be a four thirty game on Saturday. By the way, so there's NFL football Saturday with the Patriots versus Colts. We have a forty five and a half point over under. The Colts are the favorite by two and a half. And they are at home, which means they're getting half a point less than what is customary. The predicted score, New England 20, Indy 22. I like the run game for both teams, and that's about it. Both both teams, New England due to lack of trust, possibly, at this point in the rookie quarterback. I'm just kind of giving them just enough, I'm not giving them too much to think about. Then on the other side, having to deal with the New England secondary. Again, this is a game where I don't necessarily see the pass game getting off on either side, but both teams willing to and successfully using the running game. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see uh, strength on strength. Yeah, in this absolutely. Game. You know, the New England coming in, they have a really good run defense. Uh, but we've seen this this Colts offense against some really good run defenses as of late, and they've been still, uh, you know, applying their pressure, man. So now it's Bill's chance. 90 we yards know. and a touchdown for Taylor. Okay. Well, hey, that's better than uh, the rest of the guys been doing as a late. This guy's on a tear. Uh, so, but Bill gets his chance. We know he's a, a mastermind of taking away your best player. Um, and me, honestly, man, I think the Patriots maybe have the, the nucleus because of the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can play a lot of man. Um, so, a lot of one on ones and things like of that nature to, you know, to stop the run. So, I think. They have a, a better opportunity or a better chance than the guys in the past because a lot of teams didn't have good back ends where they can just play man and put everybody in the box and just say, okay, I think my corners are better than your receivers. Because the Colts receivers are not that good besides Michael Pittman. He's good, but that. <laughs> I think uh, you can hold these guys one-on-one is what I'm saying. Absolutely. With and, those corners. So. And I can see J.C. shutting down Pittman. And yeah. who else you got? Hilton? Are you right. gonna hope for the best with Jack Doyle? I mean, and and, and Doolin and all those other guys. Like, nah, I don't so see. I could definitely see Bill packing that box up and just say, "Hey, man, Wentz, just let's see what you can do." I can see Bill attempting to do what Buffalo tried to do to us in Buffalo, and um, <laughs> just making it obvious that we're stopping the run and everybody on the back end is one on one. Safeties are going after Taylor. We got a linebacker and a safety on Taylor the whole time. Like I, I, we'll see how that works out, but it's definitely going to be a chess match. Next couple of matchups, you have the Texans versus the Jaguars in the Toilet Bowl. Huh. You have the Cardinals versus the Lions, and you have the Titans versus the Steelers. With the Texans and Jaguars, we're looking at a 39.5 point over-under. The Jaguars are actually the favorite by four points. I guess less is more. Getting rid of Urban Meyer apparently put them in a better position to win, according to Vegas, so... Um, and the predicted score is Jack uh, Jacksonville 25, Houston 13. This one, I see James Robinson winning someone's first week oh, in the playoffs. Sure. Yeah, um, I agree. I think the first thing that the was was the uh, Bevel Bevel is yeah Bevel. The interim head coach is going to do is say I'm not going to put our chances of winning on the back of a rookie QB that doesn't really have even the the starters that he started out with at wide receiver. So why not go back to the guy that's been able to do it every time you've given him a chance? So Correct. I see him getting more Over than 20. his fair share. Of Over carries. 20 carries. Absolutely. You can yep. book that. Book that. 
If, he's, this, if he's healthy, if he doesn't get hurt before he get to twenty, true, he, true, he still <laughs> has that knee and that heel. Yeah, that's but going on. he definitely should get twenty plus carries this game. That's a good call because I thought I was one of the only people that thought that when I seen this move, I was like, okay, it's James Robinson time. Absolutely, um, it, it just is. seemed like he was in Urban Meyer's doghouse for some reason. I think Urban Meyer didn't want to let him shine so much that it affected what he was able to do or how he was looked at this next year when he thought he was going to have the opportunity to do whatever he wanted to do with Travis Etienne. You know how, like, sometimes you'll say, you know, when a new coach comes in, especially at running back for some reason, when it's just not your guy, and, and kind of like with um, Miles Sanders up in Philly, like, it makes no logical sense why you don't give this man the workload that he deserves, but he just ain't your guy. I think now we'll, we'll see things a little bit differently. You had the Cardinals and Lions. That's going to be a 47-and-a-half point over-under. The spread is 13 points. Obviously, Arizona is the favorite. Predicted score, 29. Detroit, 16. I mean, Starcher, Starcher, Cardinals. A.J. Green is going to be possible league winner with Hopkins out. Also, you may be able to pivot to Kurt or more. Uh, we'll just have to see who ends up getting the love, but all those guys, I would say, are worth a stash because once we figure out who the go-to guy or maybe or maybe it's spread evenly, and we'll see who does the most with it. If it's going to be spread evenly, I got a feeling that Moore and Green are going to be able to do you know a little bit more with the targets that they get than your Christian Kurt may. But all of these guys are now valuable assets, especially in the PPR league. What you got on that one, Joe? Yeah, I I think with Murray, he kind of favors the bigger targets or those who get uh, further in separation. Because it seems like his go-to has been uh, A.J. Green a lot of this season. And I think this is big for Ertz as well, yeah. too, because he targeted Ertz heavily. Some like these smaller guys like the Kirks and Rondell Moore, unless they get a lot of separation, I you know, a lot of even to play to Rondell Moore, he couldn't get his two feet, his two feet in bounds. It just goes to show you, unless you're getting separation as a smaller receiver, he favors the bigger target. So AJ Green and Ertz is like highly favored right now. No, I agree totally, man. I was thinking the same thing. Zach Ertz, especially in the red zone. And also, uh, this supposed to be uh Chase Evans may be coming off of IR, so you make also Ooh, that's for big. Him to be a weapon also. We have the Titans going up against the Steelers. This is a 41-and-a-half point over-under. It's at Pittsburgh. We're looking at a one-and-a-half point favorite toward Tennessee. Tennessee, the predicted score is 25, Pitt 18. I actually see this game going pretty much right down the line that Vegas said. Whoever you got to start, start. But I just – it's something about this game that, that just kind of makes me feel like you're going to be scratching your head the whole time and, and nobody's really going to do what they should do. Other than possibly Najee Harris, I don't I don't know who to trust on the Tennessee side. They're going to put up points some kind of way. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not the person that ends up scoring is fantasy relevant. Outside of Tannehill, I don't really know who else to say to depend on. To me, in my opinion, I say, man, Don, uh, Deontay Foreman. Because if you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, boy, True. run defense last week. Is TJ play- out? Yeah, I, well, he has that. I think it's a growing injury. If oh, I'm yeah. Mistaken. Okay. Well, yeah. And uh, so we're still waiting to, to hear back from that. Um, but he was in street clothes, you know, after the game. But Dalvin Cook had uh, not only two field days last yeah. week. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. they, they, I mean, the holes were just amazing. So I definitely think the Titans are going to definitely run the ball. I could definitely see uh, Foreman. And if you're in the DFS, this is a low guy, um, low low-cost, um, high-reward guy for people out there. I think he'd be somebody that could capitalize off of that that leaky run defense. If you have to make a pivot as well due to injury or illness, this may be a guy that is still available for you to utilize his services as well. A great right. call there. Also, man, uh, Deontay Johnson. I, I think say, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Deontay Johnson also look for him to have a big game on the other side of the ball because Tennessee's horrible on the other side of the ball as far as uh, defending the pass. And uh, I think Ben going to get back to that heavy targeted thing with him. You know, he had a, a string of games. Last week, he had 10 targets. Week before was 11. Week before that was 14, then 13, then 13. So he's been getting double-digit targets for the last one, two, three, four, five, maybe six of the last seven or uh, seven of the last eight games. 
Um, so I could definitely see him continuing that trend. Claypool may be in a little doghouse, man. He may, yeah, a little he bit. He may come. <laughs> he may get benched the first quarter or something. You never know what how that's going to come out, shake out. But I love Deontay Johnson also DFS play in this game. Oh yeah, I was going to say I agree with that one hundred and ten percent. And I think also too, James Washington for somebody who needs to pivot, this is probably a good opportunity to get him. Uh, Claypool, in addition to his antics. Um, it seemed like James Washington been exploiting the opportunities given to him just much like he did the second half of last season. So if you need to pivot this to mind, maybe James Washington, like if you're desperate, like no wide receivers to find better than him, I would go to James Washington with slight confidence. He might just score that uh, touchdown, you know, the incumbent touchdown. We don't want nobody else. We want somebody else to get. Makes sense. Right now, Deontay Johnson is actually the number eight receiver on the league for the year in PPR. So it would definitely make sense that he would continue the trend that he set. He's one of the most consistent guys out there based on volume. So, yeah, definitely good call on that one. Dropped three passes this year compared to 13 last year. So the young man's growing up. <laughs> Hitting gym, man. You got the Cowboys versus the Giants, Panthers versus the Bills, and the football team versus the Eagles. With the Cowboys and Giants, there's a 44.5 point over under, 10.5 point spread going towards Dallas. Predicted score, Dallas 22, Giants 20. With the Panthers, we have a 44.5 point over under, 10.5 point spread going Buffalo's way, and the predicted score of 27 to 14. With the football team and Eagles, we're looking at a 44 point over under, a spread of seven going towards Philly and a predicted score of 30 going towards Philly's way and Washington 13. What say you? I'm waiting to hear who's the quarterback because that's going to make a big difference as far as the receiving guys. I mean, if you got Minshew, you can already see that Dallas Goddard is his guy. Absolutely. So you definitely, you you know, you definitely want to play this guy. Uh, if it's uh, Jalen Hurts, then maybe it's more uh, Devontae Smith. So first, I just want to see who's the guy at the helm. Besides, I'm 80% sure to be mentioned. I, I believe so also because they're splitting reps and practice, and that's Correct. just not a good sign. Nope. Especially with a high ankle sprain. Offensively for the Washington Redskins, I mean, you have no choice but to play Gibson. Absolutely. Because of, of the volume, especially with McKissick. If he's not, you know, he's out. So It looks like he may still be out this week. He hasn't practiced as of yet. He has a progress through the concussion protocol. So. All right. So due to volume, 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 waiting to see the Terry McLaurin thing, you know, they have the concussion. Concussion no, as well. No yeah. word on that. So, man. Even more volume for Gibson. Right. A lot of, should be a lot of balls caught in the backfield. I like so, DeAndre yeah. Carter, too. Sneaky play. Maybe even the kid Sims. Yeah, you know I, mean? I like Sims. Um, I def- that, that may be their one and two wide receivers this week. But I would hate to get down that that deep looking for a wide receiver. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, you that deep, man. You just you you've been doing something wrong all season. <laughs> you're in the you constellation I mean? bracket at this point, right, anyway. So right. We have the Jets going up against the Dolphins. That is a 42 point over under. The spread is 10 going Miami's way. The predicted score: Miami 39, Jets. Four. I don't know what Vegas sees in this one. I don't think Miami's that good. I don't think the Jets are necessarily that bad against this type of team. It is in Miami, though. Um, so if that defense put the clamps down, then I, I can kind of see how maybe the Jets won't score all that much. I think Michael Carter is supposed to be available this week. Whether or not he'll go, I'm not sure. I wouldn't trust him as far as fantasy is concerned. It looks like it's going to be a slobber knocker, according to what Vegas is predicting. You have the 49ers going up against the Falcons. That's a 45 and a half point over under with a nine point deficit or nine point spread going towards San Fran with a predicted score of 33 San Fran, Atlanta 11. Man, George Kittle is fish grease right now. So, yeah, you want to continue a little to bit play. of knee injury, but he's, yeah, he's hot. Yeah, you want to continue to play that guy. DFS that didn't move his number up a good bit. It doesn't seem like you could trust any of the running backs because the best running back on the team is a wide receiver right. of a Debo. Atlanta, what can you say, man? The only thing worth playing is Cordell Patterson, DFS-wise. You got to play him if he's on your fantasy team at this point. I think I would trust Michael Carter though, going against the Dolphins, me personally. Uh, I believe that's the game that he actually got hurt in, and he was doing well before that injury happened. He was already nine carries for 63 yards at that point. You know, he's been having some good games before that. So I, I think I would. Who, who else are you going to play? 
out of their out of their backfield. Who else is worthy? On options. There, there, there are no options. No, no, no. I'm talking about fantasy wise, not for the Jets themselves. It if depends you, on I who mean, you have on your bench. Yeah, but if you have Michael Carter, he's probably going to be more of a flex for you. Um, he's probably not your starting running and back. Tevin so. Coleman is back as well. He's healthy. So. I don't care if it's Tevin Campbell. Um, <laughs> You play Michael Carter, man. Don't don't get caught up in the Tevin Coleman news, people. But Michael Carter's available. Uh, like I said, the last couple of games he's playing really well. You definitely want to play him as 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 a flex, of course. You got the Broncos going up against the Bengals, the Packers going up against the Ravens, and Seattle Seahawks going up against the Rams. With the Bengals and Broncos, we're looking at a forty-four point over under, a spread of two and a half going towards Denver. That is 27 versus 16 is the predicted score. So the predicted score indicates that Denver should notch another victory and Cincinnati may be looking at a defeat. We'll kind of see how that ends up working out. The Packers and Ravens, you're looking at a 43 and a half, a spread of five and a half going towards Green Bay and the predicted score of Green Bay 23, Baltimore 21. And with the Seahawks Rams, a 45 and a half point over under. The spread of four and a half with that four and a half going towards the favorite of Los Angeles Rams. Predicted score 29-15 Rams way. I'm actually liking the matchup between Bengals and Broncos. I don't think this is going to be as easy as the Lions might be predicting. I think the Bengals actually have a good chance to uh, win. Burrow's been playing a little mediocre lately. He kind of dwindled off from the first half of the season. Yeah. But it's a get-right opportunity with uh, Jackson a little bit hurt and the Ravens kind of playing horrible the last three games. So this is a must-win situation for the Bengals. And uh, I think this is honestly a good time to see a resurgence in Chase. I know Higgins has been on a crazy level uh, playing balling right now, not even playing – so I think that's a good opportunity for him. Uh, Mixon, even though this, you know, the Broncos don't scare me as far as running the ball. I think Mixon finally gets back to the end zone if he's uh, good to go and fully healthy. I'm on the other side of the ball. You can take advantage of Cincinnati's pass, but I don't think this is a passing game necessarily for Bridgewater. I think, you know, they're going to heavily rely on running the ball. I think it's a Melvin Gordon's game as far as that matchup. Going over to the Rams in Seattle, I think this is another close game. No Metcalf, no problem. Lockett is the new guy. I think Everett gets back involved in the offense because of the deficiency at wide receiver. I, it's, it's not a really a good matchup for Seattle. I think they're going to play it fairly close. Um, on the other side of the ball, Cup is Cup. Hopefully OBJ is clear with the COVID. Well, no, he didn't catch COVID. I hope he gets off to a good game. I think it's a good game for him. And Van Jefferson. No, I, the no we, he, he, there was news that. No, nah, he's on COVID. He's Sunday, on COVID. He's on COVID, right? And then I tested positive. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I thought I was seeing that. So Van Jefferson automatically, to me, sticks out. He might be their number, their number two receiver next season. Because obviously, OBJ, I don't see foresee OBJ coming back. He is electrifying. He, his size and speed combination is really good. He just got to work on his coordination and just getting the feet down. But he's going to go off, I think. He might have a 100-yard game against Seattle. Man, um, you say cup going to be cup? Nah, his cup is going to runneth over in this game <laughs> because uh, I could see him getting, like, I mean, hell, he might get 20 targets. I think it's going to be, like, something ridiculous. I mean, like you say, with OBJ being out. And, yeah, we do have Van Jefferson. I do think he's going to sprinkle him in there a little bit. But, you know, he hasn't seen double-digit targets all season. You know what I mean? So, like, last game, he only had three targets. You know what I mean? So, it's not like um, – He's the Deshaun Jackson of the offense. Right. You know what I mean? He, he's just going to stretch the field and, you know, and you know see if they can get that in there. But I think Cup is going to – like, he's going to be lights out this game. We definitely want to play this guy on the Seattle side. Why not go with Penny? Yeah. Carroll came out and said he deserves a shot. I mean, yes, yeah, a gr- super great Rams defense. They definitely stepped up. Look like Von Miller's getting more comfortable with the system. Hey, why not? If you need a running back, if you're down, uh, you have some running back injuries, man. You know, why not try this guy? You know what I mean? He's definitely going to get the look. As far as the Cincinnati Broncos game, I'm with you, man. I think that's going to be an ugly game. I don't like anybody from this game, as, I mean, to be honest with you, as far as fantasy implications because they, they match each other's strengths. The Broncos have got a pretty good pass defense. Um, I could see them, you know, getting down on chase. The Seattle, the Cincinnati Bengals is really good against the run, like a top five run defense in the league. 
Um, so I don't know how good Gordon and Williams is going to be in this game. So I think it's going to be an ugly game, to be honest with you. Maybe a bunch of field goals and uh, whoever get the ball last wins that game type of thing. I deal. can see this being like a 17-14 type of a situation yeah. going I think on. It's going to be ugly, man. Lastly, uh, we have the Saints Buccaneers and Vikings Bears. With the Saints Buccaneers, we're looking at a 46 and a half point over under. The spread is 11 points going towards Tampa Bay's way. And the predicted score, Tampa Bay 34, New Orleans 12. As per usual, you have the weapon, <laughs> which uh, Vander has coined uh, Taysom Hill's new nickname is the weapon. You have him and then not much else for New Orleans. And then Tampa Bay, it's just a matter of which receiver is going to have the game that day. Is it going to be a Godwin game? Is it going to be an Evans game? Is it going to be a, a Leonard Fournette game? It, se- it seems like they exploit whatever deficiencies the defense has, and then they just – it's like that person that you're playing against in Madden, and they find that one play that you can't defend, and they run that shit into the ground. That's what Tampa Bay is probably going to do. They're going to pick the one guy that you can't defend, whoever that may be, could be Grump. Um, and they're going to keep going to him and going to him and going to him and going to him as they should. I see Tampa Bay getting a big victory here. There's nobody in New Orleans other than, uh, obviously, Kamara. Uh, you have Kamara, um, who's the best uh, running back and wide receiver pretty much in the game. So you have that guy. You have Taysom Hill. You have your Tom Brady. Then you, you you hope for the best with Tom Brady's weapons, figuring out who's going to have the game for the week. In history's past, man, the Buccaneers used to play Kamara pretty tough. He doesn't tend to do very well against that defense. So I'm, I think you kind of like should love your expectations for him. I know he came back, had a good game last week. Uh, I don't think he's going to be that super Kamara. I think he's going to make him get in his own, but they, they tend to play him very well. Like I say, Taysom Hill is ugly. It's ugly football. But when you look at the fantasy score at the end of the week or the end of the game, he's going to have 23, 25, 20. Like, damn, where did it come from? I remember in years past when I had Tim Tebow in the Broncos, if y'all can remember that year, Ugly football, but Tim Tebow was extremely effective fantasy-wise. And it's kind of like the 2.0 of that to me, in my opinion. Yeah, this is going to be a a gruesome game. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't leave you much to be desired with this matchup. Uh, Just everything you kind of touched on. Like I think Kamara is really in a good place to really be successful uh, in this matchup. And there's nobody else behind him really to kind of submit anything or to take anything away from that opportunity. So, yeah, I'm I'm big on Kamara myself. Vikings Bears, you're looking at a 44 point over under, a three and a half point spread. The predicted score is almost right down the middle. Minnesota 24.5, Chicago 24.4. So it's 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 almost a a pick 'em in the eyes of sharps out there. So I like. The Minnesota side of the ball, whether it's Kirk Cousins, whether it's Dalvin Cook, I, I even like you know your KJ Osborne's of the world. Obviously, Justin Jefferson. I don't know that I would trot Conklin out there. Last week's game is the game that I saw being his opportunity to kind of step up based on who they were going against and based on. The fact that that was another game that Thielen was going to be missing. Thielen will be out this game as well, still dealing with the high ankle sprain. They're not going to Conklin as much as I thought they would in the red zone with Thielen being out. So he's the only person on the Minnesota side that I would be a little leery of. As far as Chicago side of the ball is concerned, I mean, I guess David Montgomery outside of that, it's a dart throw and you're kind of hoping for the best. Um, hopefully you don't have to start anyone in the Chicago offense outside of David Montgomery, maybe being an RB2 or flex, but there's, there's no one that I trust per se. But at this point in time, you know, in the playoffs, if you have someone who got you there, I wouldn't try to get too cute. But in some leagues, you may not have the option. So I wish you the best. But that's kind of how I see this. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Not a big fan of anybody on the Chicago side. Uh not even Justin Fields. I mean, nope. We've seen glimpses of greatness, and then he goes back to look like a rookie. Um, with the Osborne guy, he didn't catch very many balls. He did catch a, a, a deep a touchdown late, uh, but he had nine targets, which is. But it's going to be a Justin Jefferson show for sure. 
The same thing I said about Cooper Cup, it's going to be Justin Jefferson all day. You just play your guys as per usual, you know, your Davin Cooks of the world and, and go from there. Cousins is actually having a pretty good season. I'm not sure if anybody's paying attention. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's just spotty um, as far as fantasy points are concerned. One week he'll put up, you know, 20 to 25. The next week he'll put up, you know, 14 to 16. Uh, and, and really it depends more so on what happens with the running game more than anything. Honestly, I think this is a good game in general. Yeah, Justin Fields have been playing a little bit off uh, uh, filter a little bit. He's just been a little bit everywhere. Um, but I think the Vikings and the Bears, not just a divisional matchup, it's also uh, about playing a spoiler. Now that Justin Fields is fully healthy, I think getting them going with uh, Montgomery is going to keep the game fairly close. And I think this might be a good time to play Mooney in confidence. Uh, having Allen, Roll- Allen Robinson excuse me, on the field definitely helps that chemistry and getting him open down the field. Obviously, Jefferson is Jefferson. And it seems to be with Conklin, anytime they're able to successfully run the zone offense, the run game rather, his, it kind of minimizes his effectiveness. Anytime they can do that in play action, it's like, oh, bump you. But when they got to play down and behind or they got to come back or they have to – anything that pertains to a scoring drive, it seems that's when he gets more involved in the offense. I like this matchup for Justin Fields as far as real life. Um, fantasy, I think he does get one on the ground, maybe uh, throws for one and have over 70 yards rushing. And that pretty much wraps up the matchups for the week. Just as a reminder, if you are interested in joining the Fantasy Fiend Dynasty League, reach out to us on IG, Twitter, or in Facebook. A couple of requirements. Make sure that you follow the podcast on whatever app it is that you utilize to listen to the podcast. And then reach out to us at Fantasy Football Fan on IG at fantasy underscore fiend on twitter and fantasy football fiend family facebook group to let us know that you are a follower and that you are interested in being a part of the dynasty league it's going to kind of take off here pretty quickly after the redraft playoffs if you will conclude and then we'll kind of go from there so whether or not it's going to be one league or if we'll need to create multiple we'll kind of cross that bridge as we come to it as of right now we are about halfway full so keep the request coming and we will continue to respond to any questions concerns that you have on any of the social media sites we do last minute q a as far as start is concerned on sunday morning so by all means reach out to us we're more than happy to help let's go ahead and get through these dog days and bring home these fantasy football themed championships and we out